wait no longer greatness has arrived welcome to the trophy room a playstation podcast made by the players for the players i'm your host joseph aka mr Badbit, and it is here where me and my best friend kyle talk about the latest the greatest in all things playstation of course you can listen to the show wherever you find your podcast and on youtube at the trophy room show if you like what you hear please consider dropping us a five-star review over on apple Podcasts. you could plop us a follow on spotify and rate the show five stars there as well and if you really really like us you could talk us a buck our way over at patreon.com slash ps trophy room so with all that said and with all that out of the way the greatest co-host whoever is whoever will be mr kyle stevenson how are you sir i'm tired yeah i don't know if i'm ready to receive the chaotic energy that you're about to bring tonight <laughs> bring it all but you know what i might absorb it yeah like uh oh my god i'm trying to think of the monster that i have in my head it's not gonna. Got it's not this. gonna happen. And just take it in. Ivan and then what did you say? I know not Ivanus. <laughs> the <laughs> greatest then, villain in cinematic history, Ivanus. Uh, uh, played by Oscar Isaac in X Men Apocalypse. <laughs> that, no, it's the father. same one. <laughs> the father. Oh, it's father. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's the movie that I was so hyped to go see as a kid. That's right. I begged my dad to take me three times to the theater. Same. Dude. Power Rangers in the nineties was just oh, such an God. event, dude. I mean, let's be real. Kimberly, yeah. oh. the reason why I knew that I liked girls was Come Kimberly. On. We had, I, my brother had like the briefcase. Remember where you had like order, like pre order, like a cardboard, like briefcase? This is back in the day where like, no, like it was like in the Sears catalog. That's how far back we're going already with this episode. And like you buy it and you have all like the figurines right there. And you go around oh, and you play with I wish I had that. Yeah. It was dope as all hell. I don't. I, you know, my favorite Power Rangers thing I ever got mm-hmm. was they used to make these gloves, right? You would put on the gloves, yeah, and you would like squeeze between your thumb and your pointer finger, and it would make the punching sounds oh. like you're fighting the putty. So I would just go around the house, and go pa pa, kapow. My mom's like, "Stop hitting me." I had I had the about? I had the what was it the Green Rangers? Oh, uh, the the dagger. The yeah the the knife flute. Yeah. Which, if you really have to think about it, not a great instrument, also equally not a great weapon. <laughs> There's no firm grip. It makes a lot of noise. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can't really. Not very quiet. I imagine since it's a flute. Yeah. As you're swinging the the dagger towards somebody, it's going to make a lot of noise. Yeah, exactly. A lot, a lot of a lot of wind passing and through that. It's a lot of like it's out of tune. Yeah. You know, while you swing it, but it did create some fresh ass beats. Can you know? we also just, while we're on the topic of Power Rangers, yeah. can we just talk about how resilient Angel Grove is? Always oh, yeah. getting destroyed by these massive robotic dinosaurs. Yeah. And by the next episode, they're good. They've rebuilt. Yeah. Amazing. A- amazing infrastructure that they have. Amazing. <laughs> I want to know what that government budget is <laughs> and why my student loans aren't forgiven yet. I think that's <laughs> the reason. I think the student loans pay for it. <laughs> Listen, enough of Power Rangers talk, because we can make a podcast all about that. This week, we are talking about the Hogwarts state of play and what that may mean for the future of trade shows like E3. We're going to be talking about the phenomenon that is Elden Ring and how it's already topped 12 million sales. And we're going to be talking about the initiative's troubled development with Perfect Dark. Don't worry, Xbox fans. Don't worry. It's not what you think. All that and more on this week's episode of The Trophy Room. That said, Kyle, before we get into the news, oh, 
And also, how can I even forget? We have the Ghostwire Tokyo's preview of what you've been playing towards the end of the show. Look at that. <laughs> what are you, you're, you're mocking me, Kyle, with I, the mime? Yeah, I, I, I don't know why, but I realized you used your hands a whole lot in that yeah. section. I'm and they were just out of frame. So I was like, I was watching. <laughs> well, before we do that, let's get into our Patreon pitch. I want to thank our newest Patreon producer, uh, Bubble Boy N7. I want to thank our platinum producers, Todd Burowitz and Toxic. I want to thank our gold members, Spam and Bam and Too Soon, Gavin Gottfried, Jose Jimenez, Jedi Master Ren, Metal Kirby, Awesome Dave, Robbie Bobby Miller, Strubles and Bits, and Chaotic Monkey. I want to thank our Silver Plus members, Hide Indoors, Naka Chaka. Marcus O'Neill, oh, it's just Ray. Uh, JB the Purple Monkey, Jadus Von Metal, Tim Ulf, Justin Rodriguez, Cypher Primus, Captain Logan, Todd Roper, Brenton Zachary, Kay Grimm, Rick Arrington, Dewane Raksha, The Good Sir, Trucker Sloth, Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots, Drellish, Foolish Fuji, Annie Day Now, Kevin Mitchell, Kevin Diaz, Minx, Vizia, The Lord Commander Corgi, Elo2032, Stephen Flesh, and Jinx, the 12th of the Royal Line. And of course, again, Bubble Boy N7. Thank you all so much. It is your support over at Patreon. It's the reason why we look so good. We sound so great. Is all your support over at patreon.com slash PS Room. Even if it's just a buck, you still get awesome content for you. And it really does help. It helps support the show. So if you could, it really does mean a lot. And man, oh man, Kyle, that list. Let's we gotta do something. We gotta do something about it. No, we don't. I mean, like, it's a... So like maybe I have an automated voice do all the, the, the oh notes. you mean like pre-record it yeah it's like you know it's it's it really is it's becoming like a like an Olympic like feat every week I, how can I make it so you can't do that <laughs> I don't know but you'll try <laughs> maybe I'll reference like a weird accent that you read them in before you do it that's what makes it so difficult <laughs> because sometimes I get the names down because I make a funny voice mm. and if I don't bring that cadence it screws me all up and I get inside my head. You did great, as always. Right, thank you. Don't worry about it. Listen, enough talk, enough Power Rangers. Before we get into it, though, Kyle, you know yeah. why I'm so chaotic? Are you tonight? drinking Kool-Aid? No, even better. <laughs> Hawaiian Punch. <laughs> okay. Hawaiian right. Punch. I didn't know they still made it. Went to the grocery you know, store. Of course they still make it. And uh, they sell it by the leader. I was uh, who, who maybe thunk? 31 years old when I realized there was a blue Hawaiian Punch. Uh, I was 30 years old. I was today years old when I found yeah, out. Yeah, there's a out. blue Hawaiian punch. What does it taste like, blue? Uh, it's more tropical. I don't drink it. I heard what you said. I'm choosing not to acknowledge <laughs> you said it tastes like blue. You know, because it's like with Gatorade. It's like, oh, did you get the red one or the blue one or the exactly. green one? You don't call it by the like the you don't taste. Know the, uh, yeah, no. Because <laughs> it really doesn't that. taste like any of it. No. It doesn't really also, taste like there, cherry. There is no blue fruit. Yeah. I mean, like, well, blueberry. Blue right? Oh, sure. Blueberry. But like blue raspberry doesn't exist. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Kyle, listen, <laughs> enough of all that. While you square up the news, I'm going to look up what what you know, flavor blue Hawaiian punches. Go for it. Take okay. it away, good sir. 
Uh, Tom Avon over at VGC writes, Hogwarts Legacy is getting a dedicated state of play presentation this week. WB Games and Avalanche Software will provide the first in-depth look at Hogwarts Legacy gameplay in a dedicated state of play presentation on March 17th. The presentation will kick off at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. GMT on Thursday and lasts for approximately 20 minutes, including 14 minutes of PS5 gameplay. Quote, Avalanche Software and Warner Brothers Games are happy to partner with PlayStation to bring you a special edition of State of Play entirely dedicated to Hogwarts Legacy. Community manager Chandler Wood wrote in a PlayStation blog post. Wow. Chandler Wood used to be the editor-in-chief over at PlayStation Lifestyle. How, Ah. you know, Circle of Life or whatever have you. That said, and the reason why we're talking about Hogwarts Legacy, first and foremost, we will be doing a stream of it. I will be streaming it. The non-Harry Potter fan will break down his thoughts on this state of play. And if there's any other big news that happens on Thursday as well, we may just may be making another episode so make sure you're refreshing the feeds on either thursday or friday but we will be streaming it over at twitch.tv slash ps trophy room at 5 p.m est but the reason why i bring up hogwarts legacy and this dedicated state of play this is the first ever third party solo show now we had you know death loop be in a state of play yeah being the headliner yeah but we've never had a true, this is just a game. This is all we're showing you, this one game, this one AAA game. And it comes off of this. And I'm going to read this little quote here. It comes off the heels of EA's announcement that they won't be hosting an EA play this year. Quoting an EA representative that followed a statement from IGN. They said, we love EA Play as it's our way of connecting with our players and sharing what's new with all of you. However, this year's aren't, this year isn't lining up to the show that you, or or sorry, that you want on one date. I don't know if that whole quote was weird, IGN. Anyway, we have exciting things happening at our world-class studios, and this year we'll be revealing much more of these projects when the time is right for each of them. We look forward to spending time with you throughout the year. Now, Kyle, I want to bring you to N. Johnson's question. All of this, this one topic wraps into. Hi, guys. With summer around the corner and big events like E3 and summer conventions coming up, I thought this may be a good question for something that you guys can think for the future. With mass regulations slowly dwindling in a lot of states, opening up venues back up, do you think showcasing events will go, quote unquote, back to normal? Or do you think companies will continue to do their digital showcases? Or do you think it'll be a mixture of both, mainly depending on the events? So Jeff Grubb a few weeks back goes, I don't think there's going to be a digital E3 this year. They say there's going to be a digital E3. We don't think that's the case. We think that a lot of these conventions are going to be broken up, that it's going to be a little bit more chaotic this year. My question to you, Kyle, is Mm -hmm. does Hogwarts Legacy, this state of play, kind of reveal what may be happening behind the scenes where, yeah, EA, Ubisoft, WB, they go, listen, we've tried this for two years now. This obviously isn't working. We're we're not getting expectations in check. We're not getting them in order. Let's 
let's kind of slow things down for the moment, right? Uh, let's instead showcase some games, but let's use PlayStation or let's use Xbox as that avenue. Do you think State of Play lends itself to kind of replace things like E3? I think it's a good step forward. I, yeah. I view it as a complimentary side. Like it complements the main shows. Like, yeah. like these state of plays, Hogwarts, and then the one we got last week, they complicate, complicate, <laughs> complement uh, the eventual mainline PlayStation showcase mm-hmm. events. Mm-hmm. So like they, they're all there to do the same thing as push games forward, get into a bunch of, as many eyes as possible, but I don't think it will ever replace, replace a main big show. Yeah. I think that this is a great supplement for, you know, instead of Ubisoft doing an Ubisoft forward, they go, listen, we got X defiant. We dropped on Clancy forever for some reason. Uh, Hey, Xbox, are you doing anything this year? Hey, PlayStation, are you doing anything? Maybe we can slot this in somewhere. Mm -hmm. I think that's why, I think the Hogwarts legacy thing is so interesting more th- than the game itself is what this really means. Cause to me, Kyle, I really do think, yeah, if I'm like the marketing manager or events planner over at EA, I'm actually kind of going, Hey, maybe there's some deals that we can kind of acquire or, or, or plan out with our partners and maybe they can help pay for or supplement the cost of what would be like throwing together this big show, making sure everybody's like max, maxed, masked, vaxxed and ready to party. Yeah. You know, instead of doing all that, maybe we could still hold these virtual events that are more PR beats than anything else. Sure. I I also just think that EA is just skipping this year because they don't have a lot of things to show. Hmm. I think they 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 don't have enough to fill a forty minute thing close to an hour. Yeah, like I I skate for just is still early. Yep, do a kickflip. Uh, do a kickflip. <laughs> hey, Spider Man, do a kickflip. Um, Sorry, uh, no, it's game. fine. It's fine. I had it in a, Dead Space. Uh, Dead Space. Yeah, we 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 saw Dev Diaries. I expect we're gonna get more of those yep. as we go along. Um, Dragon Age, I don't think is ready, even close to ready of all the turnover with the the dev team. Yeah, a- and you, we just got the Mass Effect Legendary uh, Edition. We're not going to get any new Mass Effect sports yeah. titles. No one that's the lowest of lows. As a sports game fan and sports mm-hmm. fan, I know from those presentations, everyone else does not want to see sports stuff on stage. Remember when they had Pele on that one? I year? do remember when they had Pele on. Absolutely. <laughs> all I remember is that they had Pele. <laughs> uh, the, I believe they also had uh, Juju Smith-Schuster yeah. on stage. And I believe play. he did a kickflip on stage. <laughs> <laughs> do a kickflip, Juju. Um, yeah, what? so I, I just don't think EA just has a bunch of stuff to show. Yeah. So I think that's why they're skipping this year. I, I have no doubt that EA Play will be back in the future. Yeah. And another one uh, now that I'm thinking about it is like we're gonna we're gonna get I'm gonna say it with confidence and gusto. Please Star Wars uh Jedi Fallen Order two will be May fourth. Yep. So they don't they're not gonna show that at EA Play a month later. Yeah. They're gonna have it already shown and blown out a month ahead of time. I think that's the problem with like things like EA Play. Um, where you're right, they just don't have enough content. 
Yeah. Like they they're like they're like here's a Sims update. There's here's only so Apex again. So many times we can find the letters to spell EA Play 2022. <laughs> I yeah. was three. Yeah. So to me, I'm like, yeah, just give your development teams a break. Yeah. And this year can be about Jedi Fallen Order. This year can be about giving those little smaller updates to Dead Space. And this year could be a little quiet for you. Yeah. But I do think though there is an argument to say, listen. This is why state of play exists. This is another avenue for developers and publishers to say, hey, whoa, Sony, like we see that you get traffic on these and public perception be damned. They get traffic. Well, let's throw our games in there. Let's make this what is obviously a marketing, you know, tie in for the game itself. Let's let's do something. Let's, you know, let's let's get some some cash rolling because a lot of people thought, oh, well, Hogwarts Legacy being on a state of play, this means PlayStation bought WB. No. No. That's not going to happen for at least another year or two. Let's get that no. one out of the way. Let's did we? Did everyone just forget about how like marketing games get tied up with a certain people, system with marketing? People, people, you know, on Twitter, it's, it's just a place of anger and yeah. speculation. And someone put, put oh, we're excited to share even more news. We're very excited to share something like that on the blog. And people are like, does that mean WP is getting? No, that just means they're no. going to share the release date. Like, yeah. settle down or, or the release yeah. window. Settle down. Put I, the pitchforks down. I also think we're getting this Hogwarts Legacy State of Play on its own and have its own thing. Yeah. Because I truly think, mm. and, and we we've brought it up a million times you know where i stand on this thing joe's right. gonna make a million jokes about it probably before the episode's over i absolutely will i feel like playstation doesn't want to involve hogwarts legacy in a main showcase show because of the jk rallying stuff uh, and so give it their own so that way when the showcase comes out there is none of this um negative vibes for lack of a better term right now i actually think it's 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 the total opposite right Uh for like jk is a pariah within her own fandom like they won't even mention her anymore Mm -hmm. um they'll be like the creator who and then like they'll just like forget to add the the harry potter reunion thing i don't know if you're not a fan so you didn't watch Whenever she popped on screen, they made sure it was an old interview and they yeah. put the year up recorded in 2018 or whatever yeah. it was. But and like, so to me, it's not it's not like, oh, well, JK's tied to this and she has a reputation. Right. It's more yeah. like uh, Harry Potter's a multi-billion dollar property and it makes a lot of money. Yeah, It makes a lot of money. And so we're going to dedicate a whole state of play to this because we know when it comes out, whether it's the summer or the fall or the holiday season, wherever it's going to print Buku money, it's going to print mm-hmm. Buku bucks. That's so fair. why not get in front of it right now and make it look like, oh yeah, this is a PlayStation quote unquote, you know, exclusive when it really isn't right. Uh, Have it only experience tied. on PlayStation kind of thing, even though it's not. Exactly. The, the similar what they do with Call of Duty. Yep. So, you know, to answer Famous Seamus's point, are you disappointed that EA Play will not happen this year? No. I, I actually like the idea of them showing off Fallen Order in on May the 4th, um, them having their own Apex events. Because then what you're going to really have, and even with these events, like these little state of places, like the fans of those things are going to be here. 
You're yeah, gonna have your dumb little wizard that. hats on with your little wands out for this Harry Potter thing. You're gonna I'm gonna have my lightsaber waving around, you know, for the for the May the fourth thing. So like it's, it's a celebration. I will be here to defend all the Harry Potter nonsense that's coming out of your mouth. Yeah tomorrow yeah you'd be like jk is a personal friend stop it (laughs) absolutely not so yeah no to me i do think like this is a a mixture of the two i do think this year is going to be smaller in terms of what's shown off because i definitely think the global uh condition that we live in still exists it's still happening and we're still recovering from it so right then and there i think you know production has slowed down significantly so yeah. A quick that, side note before yeah. you keep going with more questions. Yeah. Do you realize? I don't know if you realize this. Okay. I tweeted about it before. Mm. Two years ago today, March sixteenth, uh-huh. was the last day I subbed because of the global condition. Oh. I remember walking out of the school and the teachers were like, "All right, let's make sure the kids have enough work to get them through two weeks." <laughs> <laughs> and two then it just kept weeks. snowballing and here we are turned into two, two years, years later it's just it's wild that's wild well listen this is something harry potter related this is where the harry potter questions start coming in all right fuzzy belvedere writes in could Great. hogwarts legacy i know and what a lovely voice this man has friend of the show uh could the hogwarts legacy be the first game placed on playstation spartacus no you just said it's going to print a lot of money. <laughs> it's going to print a lot of money. Again, like, think about Guardians of the Galaxy. That game underperformed, quote unquote, in Square Enix's eyes. Yeah. That game came out in October, printed as much money as it could, and then went on Game Pass. That's what happens. And what's going to happen to most AAA games mm-hmm. are what we're seeing here. So if they are known IP, known quantities, like a Harry Potter or a Spider-Man, whatever, those are not going day and day. Absolutely yeah, not. Uh-uh. Uh, Spam and Bamman writes, all right, here's, 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 here's where unless, we get deep. Yeah. Unless that game has microtransactions inside of it. Now, even then, it's going to print money. Well, I'm just thinking, like, it'll be the show on Game Pass day one. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but that's even- going to make a ton of money of in-game stuff. Yeah. But even when it comes to MLB, it's not like Madden. It doesn't sell like FIFA. I'm, sure, yeah. I'm sorry yeah, to hit yeah. you with reality like that. I know it's a better sport. I know it's a better sport. Spam and Bamman writes, with the latest state of play showcasing Hogwarts Legacy, my emotions for this title are conflicted. Although Rowling doesn't appear to be directly tied with this project, she is, however, the creator of the world of Harry Potter. My question is, what do you predict the reception of Hogwarts Legacy will be at uh, once it launches, Spam and Bam, and also we played Elden Ring together, and he helped carry me through stuff. It was a lot Ooh, of fun. Nice. Um, so, okay, if I may, take the take the rain here. Sure. Second. Okay. Uh, Kyle's already defensive, guys. He's cross armed, and he's and he's he's sitting back like he's ready. He's ready to strike me down. I'm ready to refute any. Uh, friendly vibes that you say I have with J.K. Rowling. <laughs> now, listen, I, I and personally, I'm not a Harry Potter fan. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not one with the universe of Harry Potter. Uh, when it comes to J.K., I just, it's like anal, anecdotal stuff, right? So, like, I really couldn't tell you much. I know, sure. though, prior to what her thoughts are on, on trans folks, that I would actually, and we would probably, agree with a lot of things that she says it's on both social and and other issues right not to get too political uh-huh. but 
you know, I understand that she has thoughts on the trans community and we have a huge LGBTQ, LGBTQ plus audience. And, you know, that community isn't fond with her, with her ideas and her opinions. I would just say this, the reception to this game on Twitter will be incredibly divisive on social media because no matter if JK is attached or not, she is a very, I guess, volatile personality. Right? Polarizing. Polarizing. Thank you. Um, to me, here's what I say. Here's a little, here's where bad bit gets his bad take of the night. Ready? <laughs> um, I have an uncanny ability to divorce the creator from the creative like project or art art from the artist. Yeah. The art from the artist. So like Kanye West, I think he's a deplorable human being, but when I listen to his music, I'm like, damn, that guy, that guy's mm. got something going on. This is, this is something else when it comes to, you know, and what advice I give to folks is yeah. JK Rowling, you may not like her. You may love her. I don't give you, but you may not like her. She may own Harry Potter, but she doesn't own the feeling you get from Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. So when I see people like, we're going to boycott Harry Potter, I'm like, well, you're just doing a disservice really to yourself. Because to me, I take a look at Star Wars going, that's not George Lucas's. That's not Disney's. The feeling that Star Wars gives me is 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 mine, right? The, the feeling of like anybody could wear the mask when it comes to Spider-Man. Like, that's not a feeling that, you know, that, that feeling is is mine. So I'm able to divorce myself. Let's just say when it comes to Marvel, let's hold, let's have the same energy, right? Mm -hmm. The president of Marvel does a lot of stuff that I would say is deplorable and even worse than JK Rowling and support legislation that severely harms LGBTQ uh, voices and, and people. But he's just a president. He's just a suit. I think you mean Dis Disney, by the way. No, both. Oh, Marvel as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like both of them have their demons I love the art that the artists are making and that I can attach myself to. So to me, when I see the reaction from Harry Potter, I'm like, why are you letting this one person have so much power over, over you? They really don't like your chance to cancel JK Rowling's was 20 plus years ago. She's a billionaire. She will be a billionaire. She will last the test of time, whether you like it or not, just enjoy that thing. Don't let her have that much power over you. Just if you love Harry Potter, define what your love of Harry Potter is. And nine times out of 10, the creator has almost nothing to do with it. Like I love Star Wars and the things that George Lucas have created. But those things to me, those feelings I got for them are mine and have nothing to do with George Lucas. Yeah. So that's how I personally feel as an outsider looking in. And, and I 100% and I agree with you as yeah. a massive Harry Potter fan. Harry Potter is mine. Harry the Harry Potter, Harry the, Potter, the stories, the world, the characters. I still hold a very uh, dear and loving heart to them. That's not a sentence. That's not a thing. Yeah. I'm just real tired. But you know what I mean. Like I still love those characters. I love that world. Like that. I, I take some sort of ownership over that. Yeah, I'm 100% with you on that one. And and one person shouldn't take it away. The, the the way that I landed on with the game where I don't want to buy it day one and maybe down the road I'll buy it used, I feel is my way as uh, a little peon to J.K. Rowling over here on, in Long Island, New York, yeah. as my only way 
to to put up the a, a good fight and, and be against of what she stands for by not buying it day one. Like I, I feel like in some way that is just something I can do to tell her, even though it's inconsequential that I'm not okay with what she's saying and also supporting the trans people that are affected and hurt by it. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's the way I, I view it as. And, and if you're going to buy it, I like, that's totally fine by me. Yeah. You do you boo boo. I don't, I don't hate you. (laughs) To me, it's about redefining your love of that thing and Uh what that thing means. So like, to me, like, Again, George Lucas, <laughs> man, oh man, he may not have, you know, shitty opinions or say, at least say them out loud, but like he made Jar Jar Banks, you know, sure did, you know, and um, I, I, I take a look at like when it comes to like the prequel stuff and some of the caricatures we could say at the very least that uh, George displayed on screen. I ignore Jar Jar. I ignore Watto. I ignore the Trade Federation fish people. You know what I'm talking about. Um and I strictly go, okay, my love for Star Wars means that anybody could pick up a lightsaber, pick up a blaster, and fight the good fight. And to me, that's all I need, personally. Uh, when it comes to Spider-Man, it's like anybody could wear the mask. That's all I all I need. So I'm, again, I'm very capable of divorcing the creator from the creative. And to me, when we like do the... F- the fake boycott stuff. I'm like, well, where's the same energy for Marvel? Where's the same energy for Disney? Where's the same energy for like all these crappy things that we're doing? I feel like we just die on molehills. Um, rather than going in today's day and age, we need as much escapism as possible. Please throw something directly at my eyeballs. So like with this game, if it looks good, I will go out and I will purchase it. It doesn't change my thoughts on her or, or her beliefs or whatever, but it's just, it is what it is. If a game looks good, I'm I'm going to play it because I'm able to divorce that, you know, person from, from the art pretty darn well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's almost like for me, some of the best, and I go back to Star Wars again, but some of the best Star Wars is at when George Lucas didn't create it in the first place. So when I take a look at other people trying to tell stories in this world, to me, I'm only hurting the person that's trying to tell a different story in this universe. That makes any sense. Sure. Uh, Struble's a bit writes in. It would be really funny if the dev snuck in a trans wizard into the Hogwarts legacy just to stick it to J.K. Rowling. But my question, I they definitely are. Oh, they definitely are. It's going to be. It's like I, I don't know. I, I know you have. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone out there has listened to How Did This Get Made, uh, yes. the movie podcast. Amazing. I just re-listened to the one where they rewatched uh, Batman and Robin. Yeah. And at the end, I forgot the guy's name, but he was saying there was an episode of the Batman animated series where there were three kids describing the folklore that is Batman. Mm. And the first two give uh, their versions of like really cool comic book arcs. Yeah, that Batman has gone through in this animated thing that, uh, that we're only in the comics. And then the last uh, kid comes up whose name is Joel and uh, his dad is a shoemaker. Mm. And he he talks about, well, my dad thinks uh, Batman had nipples on his suit and just basically just ripping on Joel Schumacher and how he <laughs> ruined Batman and how that movie ruined it. And that was in the animated series. Oh. God, I love that stuff. So, yeah, I, I can see them doing that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. God, the bat card. Anyway, with the plethora of great open world games lately, what are some must-haves in Hogwarts Legacy that'll make it stand out on day one? Uh, 
or to be a day one buy. Um, here's the thing. Have a journal that can help me keep track of the characters. Uh-huh. Can't believe that's a hard ask in 2022, but I'd like that. Yeah. I don't even think it sounds unreasonable. No. Would you agree, Kyle? I would agree. Right, as then. as the Harry Potter fan, uh-huh. I want I want to see Hogwarts. Sure. I want to see what it's like. Is it like a hub as in just because it's fresh in my mind, Elden Ring and the Round Table? Like, is is Ooh. it going to be like a small little area mm-hmm. with like branching paths? Or what I imagine Hogwarts to be is this gigantic castle yeah. with so many hidden passageways that you can go down and discover new things. And like, I want I want Hogwarts to be super cool. Like I, control? Oh, Yes. Yes, Joe. Ding, ding, ding. Um, And also, like, I really want to make my wizard exactly how I want my wizard to be and and take the classes that I want and be in the house that I want. Like, that's what I want as a Harry Potter fan. Yeah. Hobgoblin writes, since the first PlayStation 5 showcase uh, announced all the first party titles that have been released, with the exception of God of War, Spider-Man 2, and Wolverine, should there be a showcase in the next couple of months for the four unannounced first-party games? Uh, and what would you like to see slash uh, wish to be revealed uh, covering the quarter for 2024? We're going to get like that future showcase in September. I, you know, from what everybody has been saying, the September? rumblings. Oh, absolutely. I think a lot of stuff that we thought was we were going to see in E3, Kyle, are going to get pushed to August and September. Mm. It's going to be around Gamescom now. So, like, June, I think you'll still probably get an Xbox event, but, like, July is going to be dead. August is going to be, again, that's where you see, like, the Ubisoft. You'll see, you know, Sony and all that jazz. But mm-hmm. I do think we'll probably get more state of plays like these where it covers single games alongside like yeah the the spartacus reveal because that is weeks away at this point so mm-hmm. yeah whatever happens with spartacus and the games that surround it you'll probably get a state of play or something uh of that nature in like april i think all right yeah. i i do expect a big showcase in june yeah that's uh, when i think it'll happen what i'd want for a quarter of 2024 man uh, I don't know. <laughs> the sky's the limit there, bud. I because to me, it really just show me something I've never seen before, or show me something that I've seen before. I'm such an easy please. I'm such an easy lay. Just show me something that that looks interesting, yeah. and I'll and I'll be playing it. Yeah, exactly. All right, Kyle. A lot about that segment. There's a lot to cover in that segment. Jeez. Here's a new segment I'd like to call "Try Fingers, But Hole." Behold. Dog. <laughs> Rebecca Smith over at PS Lifestyle writes, Elden Ring already becomes one of the best-selling games in the U.S. for the last year. Elden Ring currently sits at number five in the U.S. top ten video games of the past 12 months, so from March 2021 to the end of February 2022. According to the U.S. NPD da- data, as explained by Matt Piscatella, it was beaten it was beaten only by Call of Duty Vanguard, Madden NFL 22, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, and the combined sales of Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. The difference is that Elden Ring had just four days to achieve this position, whereas all of the other titles have been out for at least three months. 
Unsurprisingly, this meant Elden Ring also made its debut as the best-selling game of February 2022, as well as the best-selling game in 2022 so far. Its launch sales were the second highest for any title released throughout the last 12 months. It was beaten only by Call of Duty Vanguard. Elden Ring was also the best-selling title on Xbox and Steam for the month, but not for PlayStation. Here, it was beaten by Horizon Forbidden West, whose dollar sales set a new launch record for PlayStation 5. As Piscatella later said, Elden Ring has emphatically managed to cross from the enthusiast market into the mass market. Ooh-wee. I think to put into perspective, Sekiro sold 9 million units in its, like, two, three years since it's been in market. Like, it just broke that Uh this year. Um, So for it to sell 12 million in just a little over two, three weeks... Holy mother of God. Do you think that's the, the George R.R. R. Martin effect? I think it's... Because at the core, it's still a FromSoft game. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Uh-huh. So first, it's like you have the... Yeah, you have George Railroad Martin there, right? He hasn't said anything problematic yet. Uh, then you have uh, From Software's excellent track record. Mm-hmm. So... Right there, you have two combos that's going to lead to success. Uh And then you just see how many consoles this thing's on, right? You're talking PS4, PS5, Xbox uh, Series, Xbox One, you know, PC, right? I bet I'm missing something. I bet there's a Switch port coming. But, like, all that, and you have a combination of people are still thirsty for that game. And I think that this game is so good, is so, you know, name recognition alone from a George Railroad and a a FromSoft that, yeah, this thing gets surprising legs. So when people go, oh, this thing is, you know, borderline perfect, um, that gets people's attention. Sure. So I think it's like a combination of, of all the successes of all those things kind of coming together. And I also think I saw, I think it was from Nibel today, mm. that um, FromSoft said that, or or Bandai said that they want Elden Ring to be more than just a game, yeah. like expand outside of games. Yeah. So like, could we see an HBO Elden Ring show? I mean, I would hate that, but I could also <laughs> see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I would love to see a From Software Bloodborne show, though. A Monster of the Week? Oh, my God, yes. But, like, I don't even know how you start making an Elden Ring, uh, you know, show. Oh, it's it, it, very simple, Joe. Oh, yeah? The, they, they show you an episode, uh-huh. and then you have to flip through the channels to find a hint at to where the next time oh. and when the next time is that you can watch the second episode. I hate it. <laughs> I hate how that would make some sense to some folks out there. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, it could be like Twin Peaks. You know, it could be like Black sure. Mirror type of thing. My, my whole thing is like cryptic. That's with, with From Software Games. So much of the story is told in the menus. Right. And with items descriptions. Like, I don't. There's not many characters in the world that you can just go and talk to and have like. On screen chemistry with like yeah, I don't know how they would do it, especially in Eldering. I don't know. We could talk. It it could be about how the lands between come to be. It could talk about uh, or like focus on the round table hold. Focus on the round table. Yeah, 
I don't know, maybe a buddy cop where they go to the round table. <laughs> and Piehead? It could be a show just about Piehead. Hey. DLC to Cuphead. Oh, man, I killed a bunch of pots. <laughs> Yesterday, I feel bad about it. Eh, they had it coming. <laughs> uh, okay, but here's a great question. So first off, all the success well earned Absolutely. from Soft. Yeah, you yeah. nailed it. Um, and this kind of leads into what you were actually alluding to. So Drellish writes in. It's a liar. This is a liar, so I'm going to hone in on this. I'm excited that Elden Ring is pushing the boundaries for our personal concept of what should be in-game, quote-unquote. For example, a quest log, a map with question marks on it, support or guideline on what to do next, etc. Question, we have not become, or sorry, we have not become too comfortable as gamers when it comes to being spoon-fed about what and how we should do things in game. Quote, kill X monsters uh, using this arrow or sword. This has been the nature of games up until now. We hardly need to move from our seats and do research or take notes. It was never required, but Elden Ring is pushing us to be active, to get off our darn butt and do some research, whether that's YouTube, Reddit, or etc. Experiment, explore, interact with each other, Initiate group uh, support groups, fan-made guides, etc. Has this element uh, in gaming not been missing? Uh, it sure is a game that's been polarizing in the gaming community, and rightfully so. Still, does it not rightfully challenge our level of comfort slash quality of life? Uh, are we sorry? Have we ex- experienced? in gaming is this not a chance to experience games completely differently your thoughts so here's the next point that kyle i feel like we do miss there is an allure to from software games where it is it's like it's the water cooler talk it's the water cooler talk 110 percent. i get it yeah yeah, it's like, yeah, how did this thing happen? Or how do I get this cool story? Oh, man, I ran into this boss, and like, right. it's creepy. Yeah, and I want to know more about it. That's what appeals to so many FromSoft fans, and I think that's what is transcending the conversation, is that there are so many things to explore. There are so many things to 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 find. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was talking to Ains the other day, and he's put in over 300 hours easy in this game. And he's just like, I just found a new area I'd never seen before. That's incredible. Like, I think we were talking uh, on... Incredible or too much? <laughs> like, at no, what point does it become too much? So, I think it's incredible because you don't see that anymore. I think there is something missing in, in games nowadays where it's just like, yeah, we are often spoon-fed a little bit too much. Yeah, the menus are a little bit overcrowded and there's a lot going on there. And there is something of, oh, wow, 10 hours in, or oh, wow, 30 hours in. But then three hours in, and you're still discovered something, and you get, oh, wow, that, that, that moment still persists. That's incredible. But in the same stroke, mm-hmm. I would like a map. I would like a journal that I have names I don't need to write down on a piece of paper. Like, there is a quest that I've forgot the name of the guy and i'm like trying to find the name of the dude i'm like i don't know he's one of the ranny's three like dudes mm-hmm. and i'm like Sh- what's his name and i can't find him on the map so i'm just like well i guess i'm not getting his quest line though i would have really liked his armor and that's frustrating to me like that is mm-hmm. irritating to me mm-hmm. and i think there is and i'm sorry i'll let this rant go in just a sec but like i think there is something to state where it's like 
yeah to an extent that's really awesome that there are things that i've yet to see or yet to experience but at the same exact time i am getting lost in terms of like what to actually do next and that's frustrating that i don't really feel like i made progress or if i made progress it's in the wrong direction and if i did something out of loop am i going to be punished later game for that i don't know so yeah you know small critiques aside i think the game is incredible but there is something to me that i miss of just like give me the option of having a journal with names at the very least um that that seems that that doesn't see that just seems obtuse to be obtuse yeah you're not clever you just took something away yeah that that affects zero in-game anything yeah of just being able to to open up the map or a menu and just see what I left off at. And like we said before, it can be vague. Yeah. It can be like, Oh, this person's name last seen around here mm-hmm. in this area of the world, just to like narrow it down a little bit. Yeah. And the more, while you were talking about that and, and Drellish describing the water cooler kind of thing, um, the more and more I think about it is I think I would enjoy eldering a whole lot more. Mm. If I was sitting around a table with friends and playing D and D in the lands between, and like I think, when you're group with friends, you are taking notes, you are discovering right. with your friends going in this direction. Yeah, you're going to miss out on some things, but you have others with you that will make missing out on those things. Uh, not hurt as much or not mm-hmm. you don't feel bad for not exploring that and like us being too comfortable with games i need like a set structure mm-hmm. i need like like Dude, any board game shops now you know what any, i mean like, exactly any card game whatever it yeah. has a set structure it has rules if you want house rules cool that's what settings yeah. are in are for in games yeah. like real talk like i i i've stopped playing Elden ring I started going back to Horizon because I'm like, well, at least I know that there's a beginning and a middle and an end to this. Yeah. And I'll get to Elden Ring later. It's it's it, like to me, it's not like gamers are comfortable. It, I, I think that's it's it's a weak argument. And I think it gives fake praise to From that a lot of From software fans give. It's like, oh, they're so obtuse. They're so genius. It's like, no, like there are some like legitimate gripes when you're making an open world game, like even you know, where this game does take inspiration from Breath of the Wild, it's like even Breath of the Wild showed you where the main dungeons are if you wanted to actually golden path it. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's not a good argument, and I don't think that's a good defense for a game yeah. not having you know, simple things like that. But and overall, I am enjoying the game. I'm just lost yeah. at the moment, so I need to kind of take a step back. And, and I I think it's Drellis, Drellis, who great question. I love this. It makes me the critical thinking is going into overdrive right oh, now in my yeah. brain. Um, the whole like being active and getting off your darn butt. I don't get off my butt. I pick up my phone, which is right <laughs> next to me, yeah. and everything is there. Yeah. So like, not which even baffles me more that some things aren't in this game because FromSoft knows everyone's gonna just go look it up anyway. Right. And the thing is, like, so, you like, know, you're I gonna look it up anyway. It. But you're just giving us like, and at the same exact time though, it's genius because you're looking it up and you're going through mess like messages like, though it is such a it is a complaint, it is also just like ingenious of in in the same exact way because it's like free marketing for this game. 
Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. It's nuts. I mean, my my YouTube recommended is all like fastest way to get runes. Exactly. That's all it is. <laughs> that said, Kyle, listen, we got so much more to talk about, but congratulations to you, Elden Ring Noids. Yeah. I'll be platting this game. Don't worry. Daddy's going to be back. Daddy's going to plat this game. <laughs> I also don't think it's my favorite from software game, but we'll get to that Ooh. later. Yeah. You want, you, do you want to hear it? You want to hear it? No, not now. <laughs> All right. Well, just just a trigger, because Joe wants chaos this episode. Uh, it's Bloodborne, Sekiro, then Elden Ring. All right. Everybody, let's get to it. I mean, I could have figured that that is what that was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's not even close, guys. It's not even close. Uh, Joe, really quickly, yeah. next bit of news that needs to be squared up. Where's it from? Uh, it's from IGN. Just take my word for it. Okay. From IGN, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands will have full crossplay and local split screen. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands will have multiple options for co-op, including local split screen and full crossplay online. For local split screen, up to four players can play locally on PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series consoles, while PS4 and Xbox One are capped at two. Players can also choose between vertical or horizontal split-screen orientation. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands can also be played online with up to four players across all available systems. Players on Xbox, PlayStation, and PC can all play together through the Epic Game Store and Gearbox's Shift Matchmaking. All versions of co-op will also offer two gameplay options for determining how loot drops and enemies scale during multiplayer. The inclusion of PlayStation Crossplay is a step forward from Borderlands 3, as Gearbox announced last year that while it was ready to update the game to allow co-op across platforms, it was told to pull support from the PS4 and PS5 versions. Gearbox has also recently announced that Tiny Tina's Wonderlands will receive four DLC installments following its release on March 25th. Ooh-wee. So, Borderlands 3 also getting crossplay. Uh, Tiny Tina's getting crossplay. It's a good time to be a Gearbox fan. Um, also, I'm that very excited. yeah, th- this story does come from uh, Ryan Dinsdale, uh, son of Thank you, Ryan. Bobby Dinsdale, owner of the Dinsdale Dimmy Dome. <laughs> sorry, Ryan. <laughs> That's so sorry. so sorry. I bet you he was like, "Man, once I'm an adult, I'm get away from all this." <laughs> You'll nope. never run away from your last Joe name, in New Jersey, Mr. Badman. <laughs> I'm always here. Yeah, no, this is awesome. This is we're definitely playing this, Kyle. Yeah, and this everything just sounds exactly what they did with Borderlands Three. Yeah, it is Borderlands Three for all intents and purposes, just with the D and D skin on it. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm ready to I, cause some mayhem. I'm ready to do something that's not just exploring an open world, which is a question yeah. we'll get to later, but like, it's going to be nice and refreshing to get to a first-person shooter and have some co-op fun. So, Absolutely. Alright, Kyle, now let's get furious. It's time for our segment called The Achievement Hall. This is an Xbox show within a PlayStation podcast. Kyle, take it away. Andy Robinson over at VGC writes insiders describe fast and furious exits from Xbox's perfect dark studio. Xbox's the initiative studio has seen a fast and furious wave of senior departures in the past 12 months. VGC has learned as much as half of the core development team known to be working on the upcoming perfect dark reboot 
quit the company during the last year or around 36 people analysis of employee LinkedIn profiles has revealed. That includes most of the initiative senior design team, including game director, Dan Newberger design director, Drew Murray lead level designer, Chris O'Neill principal world builder, Jolyn Myers, two senior system designers, a group of three former God of war designers and more. And the turnover of top talent doesn't end in design. Perfect darks. Two most senior writers also recently quit analysis shows along with the project's technical director, tech art director, lead gameplay engineer, lead animator, QA lead, and more. According to LinkedIn, the initiative is now less than 50 people when duplicates, former employees, and erroneous listings are removed and currently has just three roles advertised on its website. Analysis suggests it hired around 12 people in the past 12 months. The timing of the departures coincides with the September 2021 announcement that Crystal Dynamics had been signed to co-develop Perfect Dark. This, combined with a few job roles currently advertised at the initiative, suggests that the Tomb Raider developer is likely taking a much stronger lead than first thought on the project. Interviews with multiple former former senior developers cited a lack of creative autonomy and slow development progress as the reason for their departures, and described the wave of exits as fast and furious, with project momentum said to be heavily affected. Quote, it's no small task to build a studio and reinvent a beloved franchise, studio head Daryl Gallagher told VGC. In creating the initiative, we set out to leverage co-development partnerships to achieve our ambitions. And we're really excited about all the progress we're seeing with our relationship with Crystal Dynamics. In this journey, it's not uncommon for there to be staffing changes, especially during a time of global upheaval over the last two years. And there's plenty more work in front of us to deliver a fantastic, perfect dark experience to our players. We wish all our former colleagues the very best, and I'm confident in the team we have in place, the new talent joining, and we can't wait to share more with the fans, end quote. Whoa, that's a lot. Kyle, why, why are you like this? Your hands are up like you're about to eat the, the world's largest burger. It's a real stupid joke. Uh-huh. I feel like Ricky Bobby because we're in the Achievement Hall. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't work for audio listeners. It doesn't. It's working. But I had my hands up the entire time I was right. reading. All right. So listen, this is now an Xbox show, okay, within a PlayStation podcast. Because, you know, there's like, there's like PlayStation shows and Xbox shows popping up out of the woodwork. Yeah. God bless y'all. Best of luck to you. But we're the king for a reason, all right? So best stand down. Best stand down. All right, Duke Nukem over here. Oh, you played a PlayStation game. You like? You can't make a show about this. You need, you need the knowledge. You need the expertise. Joe says to himself before he goes to sleep every night. (laughs) Oh, it's your affirmation. It's popular to to like Xbox now. We're just gonna make a show about it. We're not gonna know really a thing about it. You know, everyone know who doesn't know. what Joe just said is written on his mirror. That's true. And when he wakes up, he reads it just like That's that right. to himself, looking at himself in the eyes. <laughs> who do you think you are? Not me. That's who. Um, but who do you think you are? I am. I am. <laughs> but I, I wanted to say this because, you know, listen, this is a PlayStation show. News is slow this week. Let's be real with each other. Mm-hmm. And I, I needed I needed something juicy here. And there is something here on the bone for us to devour. And it's not, Xbox can't make a development studio. (laughs) Make a meme here. Troll face. Phil Spencer lied to me or something stupid. (laughs) It's, it is about how hard it is to hire people in today's market. Like they stated it here. and, And I do 
I do, I do want to throw this back to you, Kyle, of right now we're in a space in the gaming field that there are so much talent and so many games being made that it seems like right now developers have their choice of where they want to go and where they want to work. And I saw a lot of people blaming Perfect Dark for revealing themselves during the Game Awards, I think, last year. Of like, this is why you can't show games early. But this I is. I think that was Xbox Showcase last year, right? One of the two. Yeah, but yeah. this is the reason why they show things early. It's the reason why Activision Blizzard said, hey, we're making a survival game, right? It's to get developers and people going, turn around, going, oh, really? That seems interesting. Let me throw in my LinkedIn profile here, right? Oh, Perfect Dark, that's a huge IP. That means so much to me or to people. This is where I could stake my name. I'm going to throw my name out there. So I saw a lot of people going, oh, I, this is why Xbox has to stop showing things five years late, or, or just not just Xbox, everybody in general. It's like, but you I was don't understand. That was the PlayStation problem. Yeah, that you, in like, PS4 era. You don't. Under, you guys don't understand. This is how they get folks. Like, yeah, they showed Insomniac showed Spider Man like what three, three, four years early because they wanted people to know that they're working on Spider Man, one of the world's most popular IPs come aboard and work on this game with us. Mm -hmm. Same reason, like Wolverine ain't coming out 2023. Hell may not even come out 2024. They showed Wolverine's, you know, knife hands <laughs> because they knew <laughs> it's going to get you excited. It's going to get you maybe uh -huh. even applying. So yeah, yeah. I want to, I, I want to know your thoughts here, Kyle. I'm not like the state of initiative is the of Xbox, mm -hmm. but what this really means in terms of, acquiring and the reason why maybe Sony or the reason why Xbox has been acquiring so much is because it's way easier to already buy talent than it is to make it initiative shows that. And if you're PlayStation, same thing goes, it's easier to buy studios rather than train up a new studio from the ground up. So where do you see, you know, the initiative going or, and where do you even see crystal dynamics going with this project? Because this is an interesting predicament. It's very interesting. And like I we've obviously heard of like smaller support studios helping out. Yeah. But like Crystal Dynamics is no small support studio. Right. So like I wonder at what point is it mo more Crystal Dynamics than initiative? I think it's clear at this point. This is and that it's more crystal. This is a dynamics. crystal dynamics joint. So like that begs the question, like why how to get to this point and, and like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, it's a weird, weird thing to think about. Yeah. Cause all of a sudden crystal dynamics is like a second party studio. Yeah. And but like, they're not, they're part of square. Enix, exactly. So like, it's weird. And like that <laughs> lends itself to like, Oh, is crystal dynamics being bought after this? Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, know. like what happens when this game is, let's just hope super successful. And then like, Crystal like Crystal Dynamics is back on Tomb Raider like that wouldn't make sense either. Yeah, no, I do I do think a lot of the devs, I think go into something that is this big, mm -hmm. and, and not just that initiative, but just everywhere, and be like, you know what, I kind of want to do it on my own. Mm. Kind of want to make my own studio. Kind of want to do something new that I'm in control of, and like we saw that with Jade Raymond, right, yeah. with Haven and. Yeah. 
Firewalk Studios and, and a bunch of these other smaller things from previous devs that are getting together. And ma- there's there's that really cool, like, steampunky Victorian era history. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Made I, from, like, former, I think, Bioware devs. Yeah, Spiders, I think, is the development studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. The, like, they're all coming together and doing their own thing because they want to, instead of using their creative talents on, on somebody else's idea, do it on their own. I think yeah. that is the future. Yeah. We are going to get many more little smaller studios making big games you're beautiful words beautiful words kyle great point yeah like you're seeing a lot of developers going hey listen xbox and playstation are kind of on or just a tencent all these companies kind of on buying sprees why can't we be one of those companies and pitch an idea or just you know yeah pitch a thought and someone's gonna pick us up that's been happening a lot you're seeing a lot of like ex-bioware guys like casey hudson made his own studio Mm -hmm. you see x dice guys making their own studio x destiny guys making their own studios somewhere ken levine is still working on bioshock vita (laughs) somewhere somewhere god that would be oh man (laughs) that would be true rapture but like yeah like you're going to see way more variety in games made from developers you've never heard of before and that are going to be making their name. And or I think, we have heard of these developers, just not right in their current form. Yeah. And I think if you're taking a look at the current market and that is like all these big st- companies buying up these studios, you definitely want to be one of those studios. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, again, is this cause for concern for Perfect Dark? Honestly, I'm not going to sit here and tell you no. Yeah, uh-huh. you don't just switch a developer midway through and think everything's gonna be fine. I mean, IE Crackdown, right? IE, oh, yeah. what's another game? I'm gonna try to be like level headed and throw on PlayStation. I mean, Last Guardian took forever. Last Guardian, yeah. So, like, you know, there has been games that have gone through development hell, some for the better, some for worse. But like, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you everything's fine. Don't panic. But I'm also telling you, you don't need to panic. It's probably yeah. gonna be okay because. You know, Crystal is a talented studio, but I think what they never got ahead of was when the LinkedIn page was like, we're making a quad A, you know, caliber studio. It's the making of a full new A tier of development team. I think that's where they got in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. So that said, best of luck to you, Crystal and Initiative. And I definitely see a future where uh, Initiative gets you know, swallowed by Crystal, and Crystal gets swallowed by the bigger fish that is Microsoft. Ooh-wee. Time, Kyle, for some Flash news. Gotta run fast, gotta run fast, gotta run fast. Uh, This comes from, over from Darren uh, Bonguys over at GameSpot. I'm sorry, I butchered your name, Darren. I'm so sorry. Uh, Fall Guys players on PlayStation must re-download it to continue playing after May. This Fall Guys is getting a new launcher on May the 9th, which will require a new download for existing players to keep accessing the popular Battle Royale game. In the new update, the developer Mediatonic, the studio, explained that since it switched publishers from Sony to its new... It's not Sony, it's Devolver Digital. I got you, Darren. uh, To its new owner, Epic Games, the change in ownership necessitated the need for the game to switch launchers. The good news is your costumes and progress will transfer over with you and as an added bonus you'll be able to pick up a free shark costume along the way and yes it's quite 
Jawsome. I see what you did there, Darren. <laughs> you know what? I don't take back the correction, Darren. How could you? Weird, but I understand it. It's like I understand uh-huh. the flex. Weird flex, bruh. That said, next bit of Square News. Uh, sorry, Flash News. Uh, Housemark shares a lengthy look at Returnal's new Endless Mode. It's 18-minute inside look uh, on the PlayStation YouTube channel. Uh, I haven't gotten to watch it. Oh, it looks so awesome, Kyle. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm watch it, tonight, maybe. It looks awesome. And then the little bit, um, and also, we need to play it together. Oh, yeah. Like, the Absolutely. boss fight itself looks incredible, because it's like a giant cone with, like, a big-ass eye, and it's just shooting all types of ooblets Ooh. at you. Oh, it's, yeah, it looks like a really, really awesome boss fight. And then the last bit of Flash news, Joseph looked up what color... Uh, I also flavor. had this prepped and ready to go for later. Though, so. <laughs> but here's here's the switcheroo. Here's what Hawaiian Punch decided to do. One blue, which is kind of more of a teal, uh-huh. is Polar Blast. Yeah. How the hell am I just from the, the description? <laughs> That's not a flavor. What am I going to taste a, a baby about? seal and a, and a polar, polar bear? <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next. Now, this one gets colorful. Berry Blue Typhoon. Yeah. And you can get a gallon of this shit for $3.19. Also, yeah. I just learned that there's a green Hawaiian punch. What? Green berry rush. That doesn't tell me anything. What I think it's got kiwi. Uh, on, the, on the label, it's got kiwi mm. and strawberry. I don't mess with kiwi. Don't mess with kiwi, guys. What? No, no, no. Why? Dude, I don't trust fruit with fur on with it. hair? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not with a five o'clock shadow gets here. No, no, no. <laughs> All right, Kyle, are you holding on to your Hawaiian punch like I am? Uh, yeah, I Which am. Which I've learned Hawaiian punch 50% syrup, 50% oh, water. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought this would help coat my throat. What it's done, it just made it more dry. <laughs> what am I drinking? Quicksand? Can, can I share with you one of my favorite? Please stand-up comedy things in the last couple of years yeah. just because of TikTok. Go for it. The comedian Burt Kreischer. Uh, do you know Burt? Yes. He does a podcast with uh, Tom Segura. Uh-huh. I love Tom. And at one point, he had one of these like metal uh, hydro flasks. Tumblers, right? yeah. Yeah, and he goes and reaches in uh, with a, saying it very casually. He goes, all right, let me take a sip of, uh, of uh, Kool-Aid real quick. And Tom goes, what? And he reaches over to double my size, like a 64-ounce tumbler. It's just filled with Kool-Aid. And then he proceeds <laughs> to say how he has two of those a day, one right in the morning. And then he just dies. They both die laughing. And Tom's like, no, that, there's no way that's real. Here, give me a cup. And then he pours it out. And then it's Kool-Aid. <laughs> that man's going to have diabetes real I fast. am shocked Burton so alive. Oh, my God. Trophy of the podcast where we show share other jokes with other podcasts. <laughs> All right, prepare the drop. Here are the latest deals and deals coming to the PlayStation storefront. Uh, first off, there's a mega sale, and you can save up to 74%. Ooh. Not five. They feel like rounding up. Yeah. 74%. That doesn't help Joseph's OCD, but you could go there. Hundreds of games, deals and deals. Uh, but the games that are releasing this week, Dawn of Monsters on PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4, Grand Theft Auto 5, you could get it. 10 bucks, 10 buckaroos. I actually may jump on this, Kyle, though I see barely any visual difference between PS4 and PS5. But it's 10 buckaroos. I can't argue with that. Phantom Breaker, Omnia, on PlayStation 4, on uh, March 15th. 
The Cruel Knight and Hero almost died there on PlayStation 4 on March 15th. Paradise Killer on PlayStation 5 and PS4 on March 16th. And Anno Multinumum on March 17th. And uh, how could we not forget these last two, which I yeah. feel, or sorry, last three, which I feel two of these go perfectly together. So I'll say the, the one that does it first. Persona 4, Arena Ultimix on PS4 and uh, Switch and PC. Don't yeah. know why I want you to play it on Switch, God forbid. Uh, March 17th. And then the last two. Look at this type of energy we got. <laughs> Monster Energy Supercross 5 on PlayStation 5 and PS4. And there's five of those, Joe. Five of them. There's been four previous. Now there's five. And Stranger in Paradise Final Fantasy Origin on PS5 and PS4 on March Must 18th. kill chaos. Again, strangely, those two vibe with each other really well. I would not be surprised if in-game there is a monster energy you can drink to boost your FP and HP at some point. Ooh-wee. I hate everything. All hey, right. pa- pa- I've heard Paradise Killer is very good. Oh, yeah? Um, it's it, it's not your jam. It's no. more of like a visual novel, Danganronpa kind of style of game. But I got pretty good reviews. Um, so that's pretty great. And Dawn of the Monsters looks like a fun time as well. Okay, cool, 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 yeah. cool, cool. Kyle, before we get into the Sony Pony Express, it's a little segment I like to call What You've Been Playing. This segment is uh, sponsored, or not sponsored, Jesus, uh, co-provided by our good friends over at Bethesda. Uh, and we are joined by our good friend, uh, the nanobiologist. So with that said, Future Joe, take it away. Welcome, everybody, to the Trophy Room Preview of Ghostwire Tokyo by Tango Gameworks. I'm your host, Joseph, alongside me today to talk about the game, the nanobiologist himself. Mick, how are you doing, my good sir? Hello. I'm doing very well today. How are you? (sighs) I'm doing great because you know what? I've had this game for a bit now, Mm -hmm. got my hands into it, and... First and foremost, this is a very strange preview that we're doing because we only have 20 minutes to do it. That's their rules. So, and also, uh, all the preview coverage that you've seen here is straight from the straight of, uh, state of play. There's nothing of our gameplay in it just to make sure that we're not breaking any rules or anything like that. So, that said, this is strictly a preview of the game that we have played thus far and our feelings on it. And, uh, we can only talk to about up until Act Two, I believe, of the game and some story stuff. But trust me, no spoilers here. We're really talking about mm-hmm. the open world, the fighting, and all that good stuff. So that said, Mick, I bring this to you. Do you have any experience with Tango GameWorks? No, I mean I've watched Let's Plays of their past games, uh, The Evil Within One and Two. That was back when I did not care at all about horror games, survival horror games, where, you know, you are fighting for every single bullet. Every bullet counts. You will die if you mess up type of games. Couldn't care less about them at the time. So this is really my first real foray into their type of games as the player. Yeah. Likewise, actually, this is my first game of theirs. I know uh, they have an amazing pedigree, and, and I believe mm-hmm. their their studio had worked on uh, Resident Evil 4. And mm-hmm. for me, now becoming a horror game fan, I finally mm-hmm. 
am stepping into one of their worlds and immediately I understand what their appeal is in terms of their spooky nature. Uh, that said, and yeah. The thing is, though, it. the first thing that really hit hard was this isn't that spooky of a game. Right. It's actually a pretty nice entry point for anybody who wants to get into spooky games. Actually, perfect. Couldn't say it better myself. Because this is way more action-focused, mm-hmm. it's really about the atmosphere and some yeah. of the characters when you're going into like visceral attacks when you take a look at like they got no eyeballs <laughs> type mm-hmm. of thing um you're like oh okay the, the the atmospheric like horror that they sprinkle into this game is a really good stepping stone to maybe get into not just tango's games but other horror games as well mm-hmm. Now, the one thing I want to start with, because I feel like it's the thing that we're going to probably breeze over for the sake of time, is the story of Ghostwire. Mm-hmm. Again, we're being incredibly vague. I'm not even going to give any characters' names because I don't want to get in trouble. So <laughs> that said, your overall feeling of where the story has taken you so far, where where do you... Not to say where do you think it's going, but how do you like the journey thus far? It's definitely interesting so far. I am starting to vibe with it because it definitely feels like you are thrown right into the midst in kind of a bad way at first. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm getting more time with with the main character, with this world, with the side characters as well, it's starting to grow on me. Yeah. And I and I'm more curious to want to play this game more to go past chapter two. I want to play to see where it goes because there is a lot of unknowns right now. Yeah, i i was more I was more into the immediate nature of where the story takes you on mm-hmm. the on the offset. Um, I I was really digging it, and I think the thing that has been growing on me is actually the protagonist and I'm just going to call him the ghost buddy Yeah, <laughs> that you experience their banter as you're traveling the world and as you're doing certain side quests or just even just like shooting, shooting some spectral spirits mm-hmm. um, like your spectral buddy goes, huh? Okay. I think you, I think you're, I think you got this going. I think, I think you got a good head on your shoulders or like there'll be a part where all of a sudden you're just talking about like, your ghost buddy's DVD collection. Mm-hmm. You're like, you're still doing this? Like, you know, streaming's a thing's like, streaming. What no? <laughs> like, yeah. I love those type of interactions between the two characters. Though I do feel like the main antagonist is a bit like, oh, you're gonna see me every now and again. I'm gonna dip out. <laughs> He's generic bad guy, yeah. Yeah. And I totally agree about the duo that you have. It's you know, young rookie with experienced veteran in a sense but yeah the relationship is really quickly growing i mean i actually highlighted that in my preview coverage on but why though podcast.com uh it's that is really what's been the hook so far is their banter between the two and how it's really teaching this young buck what this world is that they're exploring yeah why it's so dangerous how they can survive in it so let's talk about that world. Let's talk about how dangerous it is. So you're dumped in the middle of Tokyo. Something's gone awry. There's a heavy fog that is just literally wiped out 
everybody in the mm-hmm. city and your mission is to reveal the fog and hopefully bring back the population of Tokyo back into the city. Um, now we've seen Tango kind of deal with or, or, or showcase hub like worlds with uh, evil within two. Mm-hmm. This is their first true open world. And we talked about the atmosphere of this game, which I absolutely love. How does the world itself though, apart from the creepy atmosphere, how are you jiving with it so far? I love it so much. I think they've designed Tokyo and all the different districts of this downtown area around Shinjuku extremely well. Like all these different shops you can look into. When you do side quests, you can go into some of the buildings and explore those. But I think it's just a really well-designed world. Even if it is Tokyo, it's a fun Tokyo to explore because of how spooky it is. Yeah, and I love how tight everything is like Mm -hmm. to me we haven't gotten really any games that come to mind that explore cities within japan and this is what i'm not on this level yeah absolutely and i feel like as a dumb westerner when i take a look at like videos or photos of tokyo and and i feel like this is that excellent representation of how I would feel as a tourist walking around the streets of how tight everything kind of is and how leveled everything is on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I really dig the map here. I also really love how you traverse it. Like there's yeah. a little, there's a little demon. <laughs> like I forget what they're called, but they're a little like demons with wings that are flying around that you're able to just hook shot onto mm-hmm. And you're able to just traverse the rooftops and glide to each rooftop that you see. Um, I really love the traversal of the map. It it looks huge, but it still feels so contained in a way. I don't know if you feel the same. No, I do. And also, I feel like they have designed it in a way that really respects your time. Yeah. There's nothing that feels like you need to be doing repetitive stuff over and over and over again like you would in Assassin's Creed or other big open world games. And this one, everything you do is just quick, easy, and rewarding. Yeah. And there's a there's a journal in there. Quest log, even. Yeah. Almost like it should always be in open world games, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Not going to get into the argument right now. <laughs> that being said, that being said, um, there's a lot to do in this world yep. uh, from what I've seen, what I've experienced. So you could complete some side missions, which how do you like the side missions so far? I think they're pretty good so far. I've uh-huh. done four or five of them. The most interesting one was in chapter two. Um, we go back to an older area that you've explored before, but it's different. Yeah. <laughs> it gets much spookier. And I think if they just keep up with these internal corridors that make you feel more on edge than just exploring the open worlds, mm-hmm. then I think that those side quests will be a good hook yeah, and a good diversion. Yeah. I really dig the side quests. I love how you'll be exploring like, yeah, these rooms and then all of a sudden just something switches and everything kind of changes. It mm-hmm. feels like a, like a max pain one and two, when you have those nightmare sequences in mm-hmm. the game, um, the hand puzzles <laughs> uh, that you use the touchpad for. I tried it a few times, and the great thing about the touchpad gimmick is you could just hold square and your ghost buddy does them for you. Does he really? Yes. 
I've been doing the right stick the whole time. Oh, I am no. I have not touched the touchpad at all during oh. this game. Oh, I have, and we'll get to it in a second. But those puzzles are fine. Um, I really, I kind of, I just love the movement settings. You don't really feel like puzzles, but more like busy work because they tell you yes. the solution. Yeah, they, you just have to repeat it. It's so yeah, it's, it's not like really, Simon says. Yeah, basically. Yeah, uh, clearing Tory gates, which again they're littered. You see them on this on the title screen. They're littered throughout the city, and pretty much those are like enemy hubs, enemy bases that you're clearing out. Um. And then you get to find little Tanukis that are like roaming around and they're cute and adorable. And they remind me of my cat Tanuki, which that means I love them all. Yeah. (laughs) Also the spirits everywhere too. Like that's the biggest collectible where I have put, I think six, six, seven hours into this preview and I've gotten maybe 12% of the spirits, which feels like there is so much more to do. I hope there's not a trophy tied to collecting them all. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I hope not too. But that being said, that's one thing that I'm constantly doing. I'm trying to find these groups of like spirits that mm-hmm. I take and I pretty much I hold in these cool little like paper um, paper uh, symbols, and I then go to a phone booth and it just converts them into energy that I could spend to level up my character to do all sorts of cool stuff with. And mm-hmm. let's get right into it. Uh, the fighting in this game. The magic, the spectral abilities, the bow that I have so far. You have wind, fire, water. Again, so far. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you liking the combat, man? I think it's really fun. I think that's one of the biggest pluses of it, but it's also a big negative too. Ooh, okay. Where the combat, it's super flashy. First of all, mm-hmm. doing the like seeing him do these cool hand signs and char- actually harnessing and charging up these elements. That's really fun to do. Going for the finishers as well, really cool, really awesome, really flashy way to finish fights early. But also, this is where I don't jive with the game the most because it feels so sluggish to move around in a fights. Yeah. It feels like whenever you turn, you're walking in molasses. Yes. And (laughs) you cannot dodge. You have to block. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, I, I feel the same. The one thing that I don't like about this game, and I know it sounds really weird, is turning feels like you're stopping to do a yes. turn. And it feels so weird. And it, it I, like, I get it. You're supposed to feel like a typical guy, but it it does get in the way of just trying to maneuver around. But also, normal movement isn't like that. Yes. It, it feels like it's a issue of going from a third-person game to a first-person game. Yeah. But with a studio that is tied with so many other amazing first-person shooter games, because this is basically a first-person shooter, yeah. how could they not ask for help or get any advice on how to make the first-person movement mechanics feel good? Yeah, that's fair. I, Yeah, absolutely. That being said, though, I do love the magic abilities that I've gotten yeah, so far. Absolutely. So, like, what I'll try to do is I try to find like a segment of the room or arena, and I try to make that my little area. And yeah, taking them out with like the wind ability, which is just your single shot, uh, your fire ability, which is like when you harness it up to full, it's like a big giant blast that you just mm-hmm. get to do AOE damage with. Uh, the water ability, which is pretty much like a horizontal uh, shotgun. Everything feels really good. I'm really digging it. And when you do get a yeah. perfect block in, um, it, it feels it, it feels rewarding. I do like how, the, as far as I've gone, I've had to switch up and change my change the way I've played to kind of 
serve the moment that's happening right in front of me, if that makes any sense, or the fight that's mm-hmm. happening right in front of me. Um, I really dig the combat, but yeah, you're right. The turning is yeah, like for a game that's you're really having to back away from all the enemies since they're since the melee is garbage. No, you don't even use it. Yeah. <laughs> don't use the melee unless you're really desperate and need some ammo. Yeah, but if you have to back up so much, you're going to be backing up a turn because you are going to be walking into walls, walking into cars on the streets, walking into corners, and you have to move away from that. So why make that part feel punishing? Yeah, yeah. Don't make much sense. No, that being said, though, I do want to bring up the touchpad here because you could change your abilities with a swipe. That has helped me a lot. (laughs) I I actually use it all the time. I found it just to be just as efficient to open up the wheel and switch quickly because I know where all my normal abilities that I go to are. Yeah. No, you said you like you said you like the bow. I like the fire the most. So I go to the abilities more because I never have enough arrows that help out. Yeah. And last but not least for me here, I want to give a great shout out to the dual sense. Oh, yeah. chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. They got it right. They were just like, hey, Housemark, let's get all that rain in here. You know, hey, hey, Ratchet, let's go. Let's, some of our abilities could use some of that punchiness as well. The dual sense feels incredible. You, f- you feel the rain. Mm-hmm. You feel when you're charging up a fireball. Everything feels great. Also, your ghost companion will talk through the dual sense. And this is a great time to bring up, uh, maybe there's an option, I don't know. But this game is Japanese-only dubbed. Or sorry, no, uh, there's, there's English dubbed. Oh, is there English dubbed? It's trash. Stick with Japanese. All right, then. Fine. I didn't... <laughs> I, I played on... I switched to English for maybe five, ten minutes. Yeah. Could not stand it. I couldn't find it. So, okay, you're smarter than me. You can only do it in the main menu, but ah. oh my God, is it, it feels so stale, like a horrible English dub for an anime. All right, cool. Yeah, no, now that, cause I got the ghost buddy's voice down for me and it's yeah. funny cause I'm playing with, with my friend in the room and she's just like, is your controller speaking Japanese to you? I'm like, absolutely it is. And they're <laughs> great. <laughs> and I, I think after coming, from Yakuza, coming from Yakuza, coming from Yakuza this. It's just so much more fun to be in Tokyo and having and playing with the Japanese language. Yeah. Because it feels so much more um True. you feel so much more involved into the game. Yeah. So much yeah. more immersive. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like going from like Ghost of Tsushima when I played it in English and then going to Japanese. I'm like, yeah, this this sounds like again, nobody would be speaking English here. So like this this makes so much more sense given its location. Um all right, awesome. Last but not least, your final thoughts as we're closing things out. I know you wanted to talk about some bugs that you've experienced before we head on out. I didn't really experience too many bugs, actually. Ooh, great. I th- There are some things that I found that felt odd, like it felt more like I'm on a stick when moving around. Mm. So I would jump up and block, which would kind of be the mini dash. I could hop over fences I shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Or I just died in certain corners I felt like I shouldn't have died in. But yeah, the only real issue that I had was, again, the movement and taking damage because there was no real way to dodge or counterattack. It was really just blocking or fighting back more. And the best way, if you're not good at dodging or not good as blocking, is eat food. (laughs) That's how I got through all the difficult parts was I just spammed eating food. 
Yeah. Because you can I, hold so much food in this game. So much. All of it. All You find a, a plastic bag, the most beautiful thing you've ever seen floating in the end, wind, catch it. That's food. And it'll yeah. hear you up. All the good. Um, yeah, no, I'm actually really enjoying my time with this game. I mm-hmm. haven't experienced any bugs, any crashes, which for a preview build, bravo to you. Um, I'm really digging this game. I think you yeah. could be playing a whole lot more. I, I've been excited to have this preview date pass and finish up my preview coverage so I can finally move on and not get anything mixed up between what's after chapter two and what we had to preview. Yeah, absolutely. So that said, that's our preview coverage of Ghostwire Tokyo. If you have any questions, please leave them down in the comments and we'll try our best to answer them. But before we go, uh, Mick, where can people find you? Good, sir. You can find me on Twitter at DA Nanobiologist. You can find me on TikTok at Nanosecond Gaming. And you can find all my written coverage at butwhythepodcast.com. Ooh, wee, there's ghosts in Tokyo. Who would have known? Who would have known? Who would have thunk that ghosts were in Tokyo? Yeah, who would have known? Wild. It's haunted. It's haunted. There's mist surrounding it. And who would have thunk? I'm actually really enjoying it. I'm like really surprised at. How much I'm enjoying this game. And remember, just a month ago, Kyle, I was talking a lot of trash. Yeah, you were. You're like, it's not worthy of my time. I'm kind of like a 180 on it. I'm like, it's definitely worth my time. Very exciting. Yeah. Uh, Question. It's an impossible question. Would I like it? Um Yeah, it's spoopy. Okay. Yeah. I again I have not watched watched it. Yeah. Uh, your discussion with Mick, even though it just happened. What? Not breaking the fourth wall. Whoa. It's weird. Uh, combat? Fun? Excellent. Oh, I really I, like that it. was my one worry. The combat was not yeah. fun. No, okay. but like like Mick said and, and I echoed, the turning is not good. That's like our own, like, that's really one of our only um, problems with it thus far. It's like the turning is like your, it's like molasses. I think Mick said it mm. correctly. Okay. So. Yep, 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 yep. Kyle, it's time for the Sony Pony Express. King Henry writes in, if the question, sorry, the question doesn't have to be on the above topics, but I'd like to know what your most shameful platinums are and a platinum you're most proud of. I literally put this question, and thank you, King Henry, and hopefully you're not Henry VIII, because Henry VIII is problematic. But uh, I, I, this one's just for you, Kyle. Oh, King Henry. Not for me. Let I'm me proud of all my platinums. Leave you a tail. <laughs> I mean, I'm also proud of my platinums because I got them. It's sure. fine. I have uh, a lot of shameful platinums. Like, my name is Mayo. My name is Mayo, too. There's a couple other really bad ones. Yeah. Um, I, some might say I have a problem. I don't think I have a problem. Mm, that's what some of a problem would say. <laughs> Drink your wine punch and leave me alone. Uh, I mix it with the water, so hopefully the water wins. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want, Samosas Jones? We Probably. put it underneath the microscope. Yeah. Uh, um. So, like shameful, shameful platinums. There's, there's a ton. Yeah. Uh, when I think of the platinum I'm most proud of, I think I gotta go with The Last of Us. Mm. Sakura that for me. that or or FF Seven remake. The thing is scary about Sekiro is like the more I'm thinking about it, the more I do actually really love that game. 
Mm-hmm. And I th- I think it's to me is like probably some of the best melee combat that like From has done. Um, it, I, I've come to realize that when it comes to From Software, I really dig their more action oriented than RPG oriented titles. So, you know, when we're thinking about their next game, which is probably Armor Core, right? Uh, that probably excites me way, is going to get me way more excited than, let's say, an Elden Ring, because that seems like it would be way more uh, action than sure. RPG. That said, uh, Matthew Kennedy writes in, question for the show. That's why we're, we're that's why we're here, baby. Hey. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo is supposed to be an open world game with Elden Ring and Horizon, Dying Light 2, and now Ghostwire. Are we all of a sudden feeling an open world fatigue? I feel like when we went from a little to no open world games to four AAA games in a month. Not to mention. In a month's time. Yikes. Yeah. Wonderlands is the same day as Ghostwire. <laughs> Yeah, um, I will say that Ghostwire feels more manageable. Okay. Um, again, it feels to me more Bioware-ish, where it's like a lot more like corridors and hallways than like Sweet. open world, open world. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like that's going to get in the way of anything uh, in terms of open world. But I am feeling it. That's why I am really way more excited than I think I should be for Wonderlands. So. Sweet, yeah. yeah. I'm okay with a good open world here and then. Yeah. But I, I am... There is a fatigue. Yeah, it's coming. It's mounting. It's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Green Gorilla writes, it's a bit of a strange question, but the state of, but state of play. Anybody can watch it. Do you think that there's tiers of Spartacus, however, that on the top tier, you'll get an exclusive previews of different games that you won't see in a state of play? Kind of like how they're doing for extended trials on uh, mm. four games. Like if you're in the top tier, you get access to an an hour demo of the game you we just showed kind of thing. I think th- I I I don't think that's what he means but I think that would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And tier members get this right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that would be dope. That would be cool. And I think that that's like a neat uh incentive, but I don't think it's I don't th- like if you're doing a state of play the 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 whole goal is to get as many eyes on that product as humanly possible. Also real talk, someone slamming all the doors. <laughs> In my house. I don't know if you can hear that at all, but it is distracting. Uh, that said, Yuna writes in. Oh, great. This is great. You know what? I feel like Yuna's questions now have become like the soap opera of the week type of thing. Like, I really yeah, want to know. I, it's my stories. I got to catch up on my stories. <laughs> exactly. I got to catch up on my stories. I want to know if Yuna finds love, you know? Hey, guys. I hope I'm not too late with my question. Never too late, Yuna. So, Dragon Age progress went well this week. And uh, let's just say my character and Anders are now officially a couple. Oh, my God. It finally happened. Oh, my God. Sex is implied. (laughs) My question (laughs) this week is those Dragon Age sex scenes, too. They just. Oh, my God. All right. You guys. uh, The question of the week is, are you guys in the mood or are guys mood gamers in any sense i have been putting most of my time into wwe 2k22 this past week as it has been uh, on my mood oh sorry it has been my mood and i was late due to time and just settling down so what do you guys think and also hard work pays off dreams do come true bad times don't last but bad guys do rest in peace scott hall oh that's what that is razor ramon razor ramon legend uh are you putting most of your time in the wwe 2k22 so so that's the thing i Mm. i was a few days ago i was like i need to take a break from Elden ring i 
I'm not having fun. I need to put it down. I just need to do something mindless. And Horizon was not the answer because that is open world and I want to be present for that game. So I was like, yeah, let me play WWE 2K. And oh, it's so good. <laughs> Way better than last really? year's. I'm having such a great time. The gameplay is all fixed. Nice. And more arcadey. It is uh it's a ton of fun. It's, right. it's really a great time. So all yeah, right. I yeah, uh, to more for Yuna's question. If my mood, if I'm not in the mood for a story driven thing, yeah, I'll put on something mindless. Yeah. Like either a roguelite where I'm just like like Undermind is an indie game I've been playing. Just go through a couple levels, whatever, and, and it doesn't take too much of my energy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same. So for me, like right now I am in the open world fatigue thing. But like I need to finish Horizon, which you know, I'm doing a show with Kevin Diaz. Um mm-hmm. and so like to me, I'm like I'm at this point, I'm like, oh man. This is why I don't sign up to these things, because I have to take my time. But like I've pushed this so far and I'm like, no, I need to get this done. So I need to complete it by Saturday. So and you're I, th- golden path in it? I'm gold path in it. I feel like I'm cheating the game because I'm doing it though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh and then afterwards I'll probably get a little bit more Elden Ring in and I'll probably beat that game too. But I wanna platinum horizon because i feel like it's earned it and i love it so much i want a platinum elden ring and then i think wonderlands and Fortnite is definitely my let me turn my brain off let me carry luke lore in a couple of games of Fortnite type of thing <laughs> yeah yeah and, and to bring it back to king henry's question i want to so badly want to make horizon for ben west my 250th platinum i'm sitting at 249 right now okay that i have already pre-bought a bunch of cheap platinums to, to pump out as soon as I get that Horizon one. Shameless. I have a problem. <laughs> Shameless. Nagachaka writes, Nagachaka. Have you guys discussed something else? Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, here it is. Here it is. Okay, here, here's the question. Here's the question. Who is the best Ninja Turtle? Because we talked about the Kawabunga collection last week. Oh, yeah, yeah, And why is it Donatello? First off, Nagachaka, why are you so wrong? It's Michelangelo. Donatello, sweet. Michelangelo. I mean, sure. Michelangelo. I, I, you can call me vanilla for saying it. Leo's the best. Yeah. He's the leader. Of course you would. Of course you would. God, what a goody two shoes. I just want to have fun. That's what Michelangelo is. I want to eat pizza. Me and him share chaotic energy. That's why I wear buds. I I would feel like me, like everybody's like, oh, Raph, he's a bad boy. I'm like, Raph's like, I hate Raph. Raph's just annoying. He's just cool because he has the, the, I hate Raph. The size. Yeah. The sides are cool, but I hate Raph. Dope weapon. I got yeah. nut, like nunchucks aren't like my preferred. I'm gonna whack myself in the knees and because yeah, no. I was gonna hit myself right. <laughs> Didn't need to bleep the word, but I felt like I haven't used it in a minute. So like you know, I'm just gonna hurt myself with it. But and like stabs are cool. So like Michelangelo probably has the weaker weapons, but he just has the best personality. Yeah, I I agree with that. Donatello is dope though. I I like the newer versions of Donnie mm. more than the older ones. Fair enough. Fair enough. I feel like the cartoons make him more of a uh, like a tinkerer, mm. and, 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 and it's still super smart. But like he makes like cool tech things. Sure. Which I which I really dig. Sure. Yeah. He's the Steve Jobs. He's the or the Wozniak of the group. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, last minute question, Joe. Okay. Um, I'm going to rephrase it because uh, Jose asked what not why. Hit me up mid-recording. It says, am I late? I kind of get a question in. Uh, so 
he put some spoilers for Horizon Forbidden West, so I'm just going to reword it. Okay. Um, I finished Horizon Forbidden West, and I highly suspect we are getting going to get DLC. I think so too. And then he goes about how, but what he what he thinks it might be. Uh-huh. What do we think it's going to be, and is it going to be as much of a banger as Frozen Wilds? Ooh, let's not use language like that. I awesome Dave didn't write a question this week. Maybe I just ignored it because you know he's using. Neither did Katie. Katie. Uh, well, you know, you gotta say her name at least one time during the show. Um, yes, I think we'll see it in the fall. You think that's ready to go already? Just like Frozen Wilds? Probably. All right. It's funny. I'm on that quest right now, and I, I, I think the same thing. The more I'm getting into this game, the 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 more I'm like, oh yeah, this game could branch off. Like, yeah, like, are we going to a different continent at some point? Off. Who knows? Maybe that's the DLC. Yeah. Maybe maybe we go to Alaska, you know? Yeah. Nothing's up there. But, you know, maybe we go to Edmonton. And we go. No, I want to go the opposite way. I want to go to Brazil. Brazil. Ah, Brazil. Way, way, way. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I definitely think, you know, we're going to get some more DLC of that. Uh, and uh, I definitely now see where... We could get like that VR game, and mm-hmm. it necessarily what, doesn't have to call it Call of the Mountain, the Mountain, Call of the Mountain. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and it doesn't have to be Aloy. So maybe it is. Who knows? Ooh. Everybody, that has been the Trophy Room this week. I hope you all enjoyed yourselves. This week was uh, I liked it. We had some good heart to heart conversations. You know? Yeah, it was good as always. Yeah. Kyle, yeah. where can people find you and all the things you do? You can find me on social media and everywhere, including PSN at Mr. KSEP. Uh, go follow all the indie games newbridge that I do alongside the rest of the crew over at 61indie.com. That's S I X O N E I N D I E, as well as 61indie on Twitter and wherever you listen to podcast services. And you can find me over at Mr. Bad Bit, where, uh, you know, I announce where I'm working now. And, um, Yay! You know, I'm not gonna say it because you need to go on Twitter at Mr. Batbit. You could, you could see it now. All right, so go, and you can follow the show at PS Trophy Room on Twitter. I want to thank everybody. The growth of the past few weeks have been just nuts and incredible. And really, Unreal. one of the best things you could do is rate the show five stars on Apple Podcasts. You could rate us five stars on Spotify. It really does help us out. It really does help grow the show, and. The other thing that you could really do as well is just share us out. Like, go on Facebook, go, yeah. hey, this is a podcast that's great. Go on Twitter, go, hey, this is a podcast that's dope. You know, you could add us at PS Show if we will get you with a like, maybe even a retweet. Who knows? But like, share, share, share the good word of the trophy room. You know? Yeah. We're going to, it's, it's going to be like a, what is it? Like a ground pyramid roots scheme? movement. What's that? <laughs> I said pyramid scheme. <laughs> yeah, like a pyramid scheme. You, you get everybody. Get three people that's right. to share. And then those three people get three people. Yeah. We keep going. And then and they have you to pay sell dues. your knives and your cutlery to that house and you get them to buy it. And then <laughs> everybody that's from the trophy room. Uh, really yes. quickly, Joe, oh, yeah. before we it, leave. It, please. Have we ever, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this because it locks us into doing it. Uh, did we make an appoint about Patreon the next month or two? Oh, no, no. We'll save that for the after show. Okay, I was just—I I didn't know yeah. if we wanted to say it in the main show. Uh, yeah, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Okay. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Patreon.com/slash/psrofio. With all that said, with all that out of the way, everybody, keep you what's about you, keep hunting, and keep playing PlayStation. See you guys.
Drink some Hawaiian punch. Love Woo-hoo. you. I want to be like the guy with the little Hawaiian punch guy on the surfboard. I want to live his life. Everybody have a nice one. <laughs> I want to live his life.